a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I don't know that I necessarily want the people to remember my sermon for uh, a week as much as I want them to uh, receive that word of God right there. If this is a, uh, a download of information, it's important that you retain that information. Yeah. But if this is being addressed by a, a burning bush, I know that a burning bush talked to me. And I said to the guy, uh, look, at when the Bible talks about vision, it's, it's talking about the death of Jesus. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. It's talking about the gospel. It's talking about confessing the creed. And his answer to me was, yeah, uh, I'm not using vision in the biblical sense, but rather in the business sense. <laughs> okay, then. All right. I, by the way, had no knowledge of that encounter when I posed the hypothetical. <laughs> It is time for another edition of Table Talk Radio. Hey, it's like welcome a back. Dream come true. Yeah, it's what you've always been wait, waiting for. Yeah. Your your life's ambitions. Uh, which reminds me of my buzzword for you today, which is nuke de minis. Whoa. Um, Let now, me think. Life's ambition, nuke de minis. Uh, you connect the dots. Now me. you can depart in peace. <laughs> oh. Uh, my so, ears have been fulfilled. <laughs> Mine own ears have heard the Table Talk Radio. That's right. I'm ready to die. So this is uh, our friend Simeon in the Gospel according to St. Luke. He was told, uh, had a revelation by the Holy Spirit, that he would see the Lord's Christ before he dies. And then here come, traping up, um, uh, Mary and Joseph. Now, we don't know how long before this happened that uh, Simeon was given that revelation. But can you imagine... Waking up every day, is this the day? Is this the day that I get to see the Messiah? Uh, but then here comes Mary and Joseph with um, with baby Jesus for the purification of the temple. And uh, he beholds this, this baby and says, uh, Now I can depart in peace, for um, the, your, thy word has been fulfilled. And uh, this is what we sing then, um, the Nuke de Menis, that we take this song of Simeon, and uh, apply it in our in the divine service for when we have received the body and blood of Christ. So we're saying, now, Lord, I can depart. I can I can leave this life and go to the next because I have received the Lord's body and blood. Um, thanks be to God. My buzzword for you is necromancy. Necro is from dead. Mancy is, I don't know, it sounds like a dance move. But you put it together and it means talking to the dead. Really? Yeah. I'm glad I'm listening because I just learned a new word. You didn't know necromancy? Mm -mm. It's a Bible word. That's probably why. Ah. So, for example, uh, Deuteronomy 18.11 says, uh, let me get the whole context here. It says, um, uh, let me go back to the beginning of the sentence, uh, verse 11, Deuteronomy. There shall not be found among you anyone who burns his son or his daughter as an offering, anyone who practices... Uh, divination or tells fortunes or interpret omens or a sorcerer or a charmer or a medium or a necromancer or one who inquires of the dead. Oh, necromancer. Yes. Yeah. An abomination to the Lord. Oh, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. yeah, I know what that is. The the necromancer, by the way, (laughs) comes into strong uh, in the plot of the uh, Hobbit, by the way. Oh. And so this is necromancy talking to the dead. It's forbidden. This might come up later in the show. Mm. I think it's interesting, by the way, 
that this uh, buzzword gives me the occasion to tell a joke, which is really the only joke I ever remember. Ready? Oh, boy. Oh, am I ever. Go ahead. What do you call a clairvoyant necromancer who's escaped from jail? I give up. What? A small medium at large. should have saved it to the end. Uh, I know. Now, don't forget about a points joke. I think it's been like a month since we've heard a points joke at the end of the show. Maybe something will inspire me for once in the show. <laughs> I got an email. This is from Noah. Have we read this before? Uh, fun inspired by Mission Vision, at Mission Vision 1962. Oh. I haven't seen that guy that round lately. This is your uh, what, alternative personality to make fun of those who say that we need to be on a mission all the time. <laughs> he comes out. Whenever there's conferences. Ah, okay. Got it. There's some conference coming out in San Antonio. Mission Vision's getting all geared up for that. Uh, it has a link here, projects.wallstreetjournal.com, buzzword generator. Using this, uh, let me go over to it. I got it open here. Using this business buzzword generator, I can make church growth theses by simply throwing in the word mission once in a while. And here's some examples. Our native missional center is focused on new ways to ideate the worship space through amazing deployments of content marketing. (laughs) Or this vision will piggyback passion and demonstrate organic performance in the lost. Or (laughs) missionalists in the coming year, we need to vertically synthesize our game changer. (laughs) That is scary how (laughs) real that is (laughs) recontextualate the minimum viable mission holistically skate to where the puck is going to be love the show noah a graduate student whoa we need what we need is mission vision uh, 1962 to to post some of those and see if the boys over at 5-2 network retweet it i got the wall street journal buzzword generator open here's a few Moving forward, the marketplace has changed. Empower organically or move the needle. <laughs> I got to let me randomize this buzzword. I got to change marketplace to mission church. field. Mission field. That's right. <laughs> At the end of the day, the mission field has changed. Curate strategically or reimagine. Oh, yeah. Moving forward, the mission place has changed. Leverage horizontally or future proof. <laughs> Going forward, the mission field has changed. Reach out vertically or piggyback. <laughs> this is. Uh, I'm telling you, I see. I see the Five Two Network retweeting this right now. As part of our review of Alpha, we have decided to move forward with strategic paradigms. It is what it is. <laughs> this is great. Oh man! All right, now comes an endless stream of uh, mission genius from the business buzzword generator. Can't wait. Do you have another email? As part of our review of low-hanging fruit, we have decided to move forward with game-changing optics. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I do. Okay, hold on here. Um, uh, let's see. That's not a good one to read. What? Some of our I listeners send- aren't sending good emails? Uh, I would send this to Pastor Gagline, but he's getting married and might not have the time. <laughs> Hello, my short-winded internet podcasting iPaster. I call in a while. Uh, I called in a while back on the listener comment line. Do we have a listener comment line? I thought that was issues, etc. Uh, oh yeah, we do. It's one eight hundred three eight five Sola. Remember that guy? Yeah. One eight hundred. Don't we have a better name for it? It was. It was called "Who Wants to Date a Seminarian" hotline, and then you quit being a seminarian. Then it was called "Who Wants to Date a Pastor" hotline, and then you stopped being dateable. <laughs> now, what do we do? We have a name for it. Um, 
TR the marital T- marital advice hotline. <laughs> I'm here to answer all of your marital questions. You should just have that number forward to like the your registry at Target. <laughs> uh, I called in a while back to our T squared R comment line, whereupon my son read a crazy meme from Facebook, and it went: instead of understanding God through the Old Testament, understand Him through Jesus. However, I forgot to read the important bit of what was on the meme. Or, as you like to say, Mimi. It was the hashtag, which was hashtag Andrew Womack Ministries. <laughs> I think there was another hashtag, but I can't find the Mimi again to look it up. Anyway, if you understand where Andrew Womack Ministries was coming from with that particular Mimi, then you'll understand why I was outraged and called in right in the middle of an our around the word family bedtime devotions. Hey, that's a nice plug. We got the around the word devotions. You can find that on what does this org. Womack pretty much sells his ministry in the following manner. If you are burdened with all the things you've done and terrified that God is a judge in heaven, that he's ready to punish you with lightning bolts for all of your sins, you've come to the right place. It capitalizes on people's fear derived from the law, but instead of preaching the gospel while maintaining the law, they graceify everything so that we cannot really know anything about who God really is from the Old Testament, much less find Jesus there. To them, the Old Testament is a book of moral code that Jesus came to graciously free us from so that we'll surrender to a new, more strict law of love that Andrew Momack defines where everyone says that they're happy, but inwardly they're still just as trapped and afraid as before since they now should be full of love by the grace that should be mystically filling them at all times but really isn't. It's kind of like the tyranny of the positive. All right. Wow, Boy, look at that. That's a good email. I just thought of a new game, by the way, we could play. Yeah, what's well, game? it's a game for our, our listeners. What we used to have, the listener participation games? I remember that. That was I, too much work. In fact, I bet you our our email address, lpg at tableslackradio.org, still works. <laughs> anyway, the, the, the we could do it through a voice. We had mail. our own email? Yeah, LPG. Yeah, yeah. Listener participation game. And the way this worked would be that you'd email in, or you can call 1-800-385-SOLA. And the game is to write an email or a comment on the voicemail system in which you're plugging as many things that Pastor Wolfmiller is involved in as possible. <laughs> That's a good idea. Let's I'll see. call in. I'm like, I'm calling, getting ready for Israel, reading my Around the World devotion, checking out what does this mean, looking at my Wolfson baptismal certificate, and listening to Table Talk Radio while reading this book by CPA. Dang, makes me tired. That's all this stuff. <laughs> um, Take a nap. That's great. So, um, just real briefly, in the last what ten seconds before we go to break, um, we we want to maintain as the as the uh, listener put um, Noah writing in there about uh, maintaining law and gospel, so that the law points out our sin, and then and only then do we have a need for a savior, Jesus Christ, in the gospel. But to say that the gospel sort of overwhelms or overcomes the law. Uh, t- takes us really just back to the law because now you have you're left trying to do the gospel <laughs> and you don't do the gospel you believe the gospel Amen. so now you make the gospel law all over again and it's a nicer keepable kind of law which makes you a Pharisee we'll be right back more table talk radio for this. Theologians for the price of none. 
Table Talk Radio will be right back. Welcome back. Pastor Wilson, do you have any thoughts on that email from Noah? What were we talking about? Oh, yeah. No, that was from Chris. Oh, Chris, sorry. You got our emailers mixed up. I didn't know you That's switched how we said... to a new one. I thought this oh, was yeah, part man. two. Oh, I read okay. like five emails. Sorry, guys. I just keep reading them one after another. Now, what was it about, though? Oh, the Andrew Womack. Um, yes, I was reading a book called First Hand by these evangelical kids, uh, the Shooks, Shook Brothers. And it is an amazing thing to me that this is the strategy. You take a law, like, um, I don't know, some, some sort of man-made law, you know, like a, you're not supposed to uh, drink or something. And you, you say, ah, it's so harsh and cruel, and Jesus is not that mean. So we replace it with another law. So you, and like, we, we got to care for each other. We got to be not judgmental or something like that. So you take one, you, 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 you just. You take the law that you don't like, and you replace it with a law that you like, and then you think that you're preaching the gospel. Now, that does not count. Uh, The law, which is essentially summarized in the word love, is law. So that word love will kill you. I mean, you can't, it it cannot save you. You can never be done with the law. You can't. It's like uh, the, it's like the law dressing in drag. Yeah. Oh wait, yeah. we got in trouble last time we mentioned that analogy. <laughs> Never mind. It's not like that at all. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we had it. We said that before. We had the Moses in the with a Jesus mask on. Oh yeah, right. That's what this is. It's bad. Uh, now I've got. I'm going to find an example. It's uh, it's the law going to the masquerade party. Like, hey yeah. guys, I'm totally gospel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. It's a, it's a hipper law. Now here. <laughs> Uh, let me see here. Uh, I don't know if this counts. Yeah, oh, here, all right, here's a paragraph. When you do not respond to a divine disturbance of the Holy Spirit, you get bitter and you criticize. That helps no one. You're called to serve and to love with your actions, Galatians 5. More specifically, you hurt yourself. It becomes easy to think that you know how to do things better than the people God has appointed to be part of your life. When you don't respond to a divine disturbance in your life, you become a, the greatest obstacle between an unbelieving world and a loving God a judgmental Christian. Whew. Now, do you see what that did there? It says, hey, you can't be judgmental. But the sentence itself is judgmental, by the way. <laughs> I mean, but you, so you take some sort of law that you don't like. You replace it with a law that you do like. A so, you just soften the law, but it's all law, and it always, always kills. Lex Simper Accusat, which means Lex always accuses you. That guy's a jerk. Lex Luther. Or Lex Luthor is a great irony. <laughs> um, right. Okay, good. Well, let's let's move on to the game uh, table talk Jeopardy. What's their category t- this week? Oh, uh, oh yeah. Uh, this is the category that I have for you is ghosts in the Bible. Nice. Um, <laughs> I don't have a category for you, so I'll. No, take I know just you because <laughs> we're using this to uh, plug my story that I wrote on what does this mean dot org called Ghost Stories. I have a hard time imagining that something we'd be doing on Table Talk Radio would be just a trick to plug something you're doing. That's look, I, <laughs> that doesn't sound I, right. I write that article just to plug Table Talk Radio. I just <laughs> yeah, forgot right. to mention Table Talk Radio. <laughs> Never mind. All right, I'll take uh, 
ghost How come in, in the my Bible bio for... on the side of this page it says whatever he do- he does he's not the co-host of Table Talk Radio by the same name. <laughs> I'll take uh, Ghost in the Bible for four hundred. Okay. Uh, for four hundred? Yes. You're you're skipping ahead. Yes. All right. Hold I, I, I haven't written that many answers yet. <laughs> that you was think, my plan. See, you, you think you think that I don't think this through already? Of course, that I, I don't think make that, that progressively harder. <laughs> I think easy ones are first, so you get the points and get more confidence, and then you go double jeopardy and you lose it all at the end. Boom. <laughs> okay. Uh, how about this one? Uh, this was happening when the disciples thought the disciples of Jesus thought that they saw a ghost. Ah, uh, this what is crossing the Sea of Galilee in a boat? Final answer. I'll take that. I suppose mostly Jesus was walking on the water, but you're right. The disciples were riding on a boat. Woohoo! Yeah, so this is great. So <laughs> here they well, first of all, Jesus says, "Hey." Go to the other side. So they get in their boat and they start going to the other side. And then uh, Jesus is is going out there, and they freak out and they say, "Hey, look, a ghost!" And uh, and then Jesus says um, something like, "Without having the text in front of me, do not be afraid." Um, is that right? Is that the right? Because there's yeah. a, there's a couple Take of heart, counts. It's I. Don't be afraid. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So uh, here Jesus comforts them um, to uh, out of fear into into the the promise of uh, of his care. Uh, that he's going to care for them. He's he's there. Um, so, but they mistake him as a ghost, which makes it into this category. Yeah, right. Four hundred. Okay. Woo, man. Oh, this, I'm in trouble. I, so I should have given you the hard ones. Okay. Uh, Next, I'll take Ghost in the Bible for one hundred, please. Ah, all right, good. Uh, Jesus proves to his disciples that he's not a ghost by saying that a that a spirit does not have these two things. Hmm. Hmm. I stumped you with a 100-point question with just, the easiest one? <laughs> These aren't even ranked in difficulty. You should know that. Um, while, while you're working on that, I'll just uh, read you what a little is, inspiring thing. No, I As got part it. of our I, review of Game Changer, we have decided to move forward with cloud-based boots-on-the-ground ministry. <laughs> anyway, um, what is flesh and blood? Uh... Flesh and blood is wrong. The answer should be flesh and bones. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. Now watch. I'm going to give you 50 for getting it right, and then I'm going to take away 50 for getting it half wrong. So zero points. (laughs) You are so kind. (laughs) Now I think it's interesting that so the idea of spirits or ghosts is the idea of souls that are hanging around after death. And all cultures in all history have talked about them, but our biblical worldview does not permit them. So that there's two times in the New Testament we've covered them already when people talk about ghosts, but it in fact is not a ghost at all, but rather it's Jesus doing things that a normal human being doesn't do, like walk on water or be not dead anymore. You know, our friend uh, Jeff Gibbs at the St. Louis Seminary um, goes in in detail about... Give, you know, gives this um, uh, proof, historical proof of how it was thought that uh, ghosts at the time did not have feet; they would just kind of float there, I guess. And uh, one of the one of the times of Jesus's appearance, um, they cling to his feet, 
um, which is particularly emphasized because he's not a ghost. They're holding on to his feet. Um, nice. So he would always <laughs> – this is his joke, but I'm going to use it. Uh, he said that on Easter morning we should say, uh, he has feet. He has feet indeed. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, okay, anyway. Want another one? <laughs> Yeah, I'll take whatever category we're doing for uh, 300. Ghosts in the Bible, obviously. Um, Saul had, uh, oh, let's see how to make this an answer here. Uh, King Saul had removed all the necromancers from Israel, he thought, but then he found a witch in this place, and she was able to seemingly conjure up the spirit of Samuel, the dead prophet. In this place. Um, Where was the witch that Saul found, in other words? Um, I could have made that easier. In It's also happened to be uh, um, uh, a planet of which moons the Ewoks live on. I have no idea. I'm not a nerd. Um, As part of our is... mission review of ideation, we have decided to move forward with amazing big data. Uh, what is a cave? <laughs> now you're down to 100. Answer is, what is Indoor, the Witch of Indoor, 1 Samuel 28? What a strange text. <laughs> what, Samuel what, a, has what, is your, what is your article all about, anyway? It's about ghosts in the Bible, obviously. <laughs> well, do you, do you elaborate on this one? Is there anything worth talking about on this? What? <laughs> Yeah, well, first of all, I say this is a strange text. <laughs> Here's Samuel, that should have been the 500 level one. Saul, Saul, no, that it gets harder, man. <laughs> so, Saul, uh, so Saul is going to go fight the Philistines, and um, he he would always ask Samuel if it was a good idea or not, if they're going to live or die, and Samuel's dead, so he can't, so he doesn't know what to do. He's panicked. He goes and he finds a witch of Endor. He dresses up so she didn't recognize him as Saul because Saul was apparently on a witch hunt. I mean, he, he was scaring all the witches out of the place, but this one was kind of on the down low, black market witchcraft. <laughs> and then and, she, and uh, he, he says, I want to talk to a dead person. The witch says, who? And he says, Samuel. And then she says, ah, oh, it's Saul. And, he's a, and she panics. Don't worry. I'm not going to hurt you or anything. And so she conjures up Samuel, and he says, why are you bothering me? And then he says, Samuel says, you're going to die and all your kids and you're going to lose. Disaster. Now, um, it, this, it's, so first, uh, the thing we know about this text is that necromancy, this kind of speaking to the dead, is always in every way forbidden in the scripture. But it leads to the second question is, does it actually happen? Is this possible to conjure up the spirits of the dead? And the answer is no. I mean, the, our biblical worldview tells us that, that, that we die once and then be judged, that the souls of the Christians go to be with Christ, the souls of the unbeliever uh, go to judgment. So we have to say, well, what was this ghost? And for that, maybe we'll talk about it on the other side of the break. You know, mediums all around the world are mad at you for ruining their business opportunities. Oh, well, we'll be right back with more Table Talk Radio and then play Witch Ladder after this commercial break. Going forward, it's time to act as world-class playing field and incentivize our team synergy. By the way. 
Table Talk Radio. The disaster continues. Something happening here. Something. <laughs> Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. What it Pastor. is? Ain't exactly clear. Evan Giggling playing Table Talk Jeopardy with 1,500 Table Talk Radio points. That is a great bump for this points. particular point. All right. you're trying to make. How did that happen? I guarantee you it wasn't planned, What's huh? the point? Something happening in here? Yeah. What's going on with Samuel, the ghost, coming back from the grave to tell Saul he's going to die? Now, every time... Yeah, by the way, every time a, perfect a, connection. a ghost talks in the Bible, and there's one more time... By the way, we're gonna we're gonna look at it next. I bet. Uh, just guessing. I mean, depends on what category you choose, but mm. probably it's gonna come up next. I'm just guessing. Uh, and every time a ghost gives you some theology, it is a doctrine of despair. So the go- Samuel's ghost says, "Yeah, you're gonna die, and everybody else." Now I'm going back to bed. The point of this is that the ghosts have a theology, and it's also true of our ghosts today. Now I don't know if our Ghosts like on Ghostbusters have a theology. But, you know, whenever anybody here tells you a ghost story or tells you something about ghosts, there is a there is a worldview behind it. And mostly the worldview is that you don't have to worry about judgment after you die. <laughs> uh, uh, interesting. It's too it's a it's a you, you have a there's a pride worldview and a despair worldview with the ghosts because you know our ghost hunters and our ghost whisperers and our our ghost finders and our ghostbusters and they they all tell there's two things the spirits are hanging around and um and they can't go to the light because they have some wrong that they need to make right now that is the doctrine of works righteousness self justification that i have to live uh in this world in such a way that things that i am justifying myself that's a false gospel and then there's the other side of the ghost theology which is you die and you go to the light and everybody goes to the same place it's all warm and peaceful etc and that is a doctrine of false hope, salvation apart from Christ. Hmm. So we know now, back to the Samuel appearing, we know what's going on here then, at least we can have a pretty good guess, and that is that the demons are appearing as the ghost of Samuel to deliver a doctrine of despair. Hmm. All right, I got one more. Ready? Uh, so I'll take uh, this category for 500. Okay. This friend of Job reports his theology that he heard from a ghost. Uh, who is... Um, uh, what's his name? Zophar? Uh, I wasn't the one I was going to say. Eli- mm. Elihaz? Is that his name? Zophar? Eliphaz? Eliphaz. Right. Who is Eliphaz? Yes! I guess you had a one in four, three chance. Or... For the half-court shot, it's good. <laughs> Just accidentally remembered one of Job's friends' names. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Is a strange text. This oh, is I remember it. Four. Just like the back of my hand. But go ahead. You tell the listeners about it. Now, what. a word was brought to me stealthily. This is Eliphaz. My ear received a whisper of it. Amid thoughts from visions in the night, when deep, when deep sleep falls on men, dread came upon me, and trembling, which weighed all my bones shake, a spirit gilded pa- or glided past my face. 
The hair of my flesh stood up. It stood still, but I could not discern its appearance. A form was before my eyes. There was silence. Then I heard a voice. Can mortal man be in the right before God? Can a man be pure before his maker? <laughs> so the, the Eliphaz is telling Job this doctrine that he learned from a ghost. Now, this is a demon. Now, here's the, here's the last thing for the spirits. This is odd. But that that Martin Luther talks about ghosts in the in the book of Concord. We missed this. It's a small called. And he says this little thing. From this is it is followed that evil spirits have perpetrated much knavery by appearing as the souls of the departed, and with unspeakable and horrible lies and tricks demanded masses, vigils, pilgrimages, and other alms, all of which we had to receive as articles of faith and to live accordingly. And the Pope confirmed these things as also the mass and all the other abominations. Here, too, there is no and cannot and must not be any yielding or surrendering. So that Luther says that the doctrine of purgatory and mass for the dead was a trick perpetrated by the demons appearing to people as the souls of departed of the departed loved ones. That is really something. Wow. All right. So, so oh, we want to say of these ghost stories, we'll summarize here. We want to say of the ghost stories that people do have ghost stories. They have seen ghosts and this sort of thing. But we know that they cannot be the souls of the departed. So what then are they? Demons. And the answer is either it's a trick of the imagination or mm-hmm. most likely it is the demons themselves coming mm-hmm. to trick us and teach us bad doctrine. All right. I mean, not all right, but okay. Well said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's go to the game Witch Ladder. Now, the way this game works, we pulled, we stole this idea from um, author Adolf Caberly. He didn't mind too much. Um, where he s- talks about the three ways that man tries to self-justify before God, and uh, it's in the form of various ladders trying to reach up to God to self-sanctify. And uh, the way that man does this is either through um, the ladder of the will, which is moralism, trying to be good enough or prove yourself to be righteous enough before God. You had the ladder of the mind, uh, which is um, thinking the right thing so that you can... Uh, appeal to God. This would be the this would be rationalism, and then there's the ladder of the emotion, which is uh, connecting and feeling God, um, and so that that would be the ladder of mysticism. So what we do in this game is we play a, an audio clip, and then the other one tries to discern: is this primarily talking about the ladder of the will, the ladder of the mind, or the ladder of the emotions? And uh, Pastor, the videos, the, the entries for today, there's a video series on YouTube called Explore God. Um, I don't know who puts this out, but it's a, um, has a, they have a nice, I mean, a high quality production of several questions, uh, like problem of suffering, does God exist, this kind of thing. And I have, I have a few here, and I don't know if you'll be able to pin down which ladder is going on here. But this first one is the video on connecting with God. Somewhere in my life, I heard that you're supposed to, as a Christian, have a quiet time every day. (laughs) And I've never been very good at that. So for so long, when I, I had this journal that I kept and I would write in it, and every page would be like a week later, a month later, and every page read this. I know that you are disappointed that I have neglected you that I have left you you know because I'm not journaling and I I look back at that you know in my young 20s and I think what a waste like I'm sitting down to be with 
the God of the universe. And I'm sitting there worried about, you know, when the last time I journaled was like that, that is, that is crazy. Like he, he adores me and I am sitting before him. And all I can think is the shame and the guilt that I haven't been there in a few days or months or years. So I think that it's got to change that, that our God wants us. He wants us desperately, but this is not a box to check. This is not a, if you spend so much time with him, then you're on his good list. Our God is after us. He is pursuing us. And if we turn and we look at him and we want him, um, there is no shame. We do not have to recover from something. He is right there and he is so thrilled and he wants us. He wants us to just want him. And I think so often we miss God because we're, we're so full of shame. We're so full of guilt. We're so full of regret. And he is, oh, he says, no, I dealt with that. I, I took care of the shame and the guilt and regret. You just come back to me. I'm here. And so I think that freedom, you know, to come back to God whenever, whenever we want, you know, we, we don't have to work our way back. We just get to be there because he's waiting on us. Okay. What do you think of that? Wow. And these are done nicely. I can't see it. I'm having trouble looking at the distance. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, they're, they're well produced. I mean, they're high quality videos. Um, I think something that people would actually watch, which is not something every quote unquote ministry puts out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're all about high quality here. <laughs> As you can tell. <laughs> all right, you have about a minute to begin a response here. What? Well, here's this is interesting. I mean, there's some very helpful things there. I mean, I, I remember those exact days uh, where, where I had the prayer journal, and you had the quiet time, and you had this, and, and your devotions were an obligation, which, by the way, they are. It's law. Uh, but it was a it was a heavy heavy burden, and all, all the um, all, all of the things that I was writing and thinking and saying were about my own failures. I'm so sorry. I'm so ashamed. I'm I, I'm uh, I'll do better. I, I I would always come back with resolve, and I I think that's one of the marks of the piety of American Christianity is it's all about resolve. Now that's moralism. The, the moralism always gives way to um, mysticism, and it so the shift is it look it's not about what you're doing, but rather it's about it becomes about the relationship, and the way that that was coming across in this video was that God pursues us. Now we can understand it rightly, but you can also be spun off into this dangerous th- thought where our sins don't matter because God loves us so much. No, no. Our sins, in fact, do matter, which is why you cannot talk about the pursuit of God, God coming after us, without talking about the death of Jesus on the cross. All right. Let's say a few more words about this on the other side, and then I have two more videos for you for the game Witch Ladder here on Table Talk Radio. My heart will lead me there soon. We'll meet, I know we'll meet beyond the shore. We'll kiss. Just as before Happy we'll be beyond the sea And never again I'll go sail 
This is Dr. Carl Fikencher, professor at Concordia Theological Seminary. Table Talk Radio is the best radio program ever. Okay, I said it. Now we let me go. And we're back. One more segment of Table Talk Radio. So we listened to this video about... I don't know whether to be happy about one more segment or to be sad about being back. It's mixed My emotions, emotions are... Yeah, just like after listening to this video. <laughs> well, I had a couple of thoughts on listening to this video. Uh, first, that there is this evangelical assumption that um, being with God is found through one's quiet time. Um, so if I want to, I mean, the title of this video is Connecting with God. So that if, if you know, I'm going to have this, or sometimes put the um, intimate time with God or something like this, that you need to make your quiet time with God. Um, now, I think that we could just step back and say we should have devotions, we should read God's Word, this kind of a thing. Um, but but that, that this is, in some sense, the the evangelical sacrament because there is no sacrament. So that if I don't believe that uh, God comes to me in his word, if I don't believe that God comes to me in the sacrament of the, whole, the Lord's Supper, where he forgives my sins, then I must connect with God, and that is through the, the quiet time. That's point one. Uh, point two is um, uh, that I, I think that she got real close in that video when she was talking about, you know, God is taking care of all your failures. Uh, but she just didn't bring that to the cross and that it that it's just impossible for um an evangelical to leave it at the promise you know so so you could say look god's pursuing you that's great how is he pursuing you uh through his word uh he's he's declared you righteous because of his son who died on the cross for you and just say amen <laughs> but they always has to come back around and say if you turn to him if you embrace him if you look at him and there's always that if that's attached that erases the gospel and puts it back on law. So, okay, I think so, that's true. I, okay, I got another one. I, here. Th- I also think I'm disappointed in the way we silo our vector. Let's please drill down our efforts. Okay, business lingo generator. <laughs> this one is this from. Is, by the way, on it's hashtag authentic visionating on the mission vision. <laughs> nice. All right, let's uh, visionate this last segment in listening to this video entitled, How Can We Know God? We believe in the things we can touch and see. We can put our feet on the floor. We can feel water on our hands. Like, we believe in those things. But God is even more real than the things we can see and touch. It does sound crazy to say that you can know God personally, especially when we think of our human relationships, that we know our parents, that we know our spouse or the person we're dating, that we know our children or know our best friend. It's hard to think that we would know God in that way when we can't see God, we can't hug God, we can't do the things we're used to doing in our human relationship. but. There's another side of us as human beings. We are 
in our bodies and we do have a mind but we also have souls and we have a spirit inside and that is a part of us that sometimes in our everyday life we don't tap into we don't connect to that I was an only child for 10 years until my sister was born so when you're an only kid you don't have other siblings you use your imagination and you play you know I had my stuffed animals and my Barbie dolls. I had all those things. And I think sometimes in our life, when we don't have certain things, in a way, it does give us a chance to broaden our minds in a way. And so I feel like there have been times of life that have been lonely that give me that opportunity to also get to know God and that I'm not alone. And so one thing that I would say to a friend who asked me recently, like, how, how, how do you pray? And when you pray, how do you know that God is listening? How do you know that God's hearing you? And all I can say is just try. I know it might feel weird, you're in your apartment or in your house or whatever. It might feel weird. You're like, what are you saying? You're telling me to open up my mouth out loud and talk to someone that I can't see, you know. And I'm saying, yeah, I want you to try. I think a great place to start with our faith and with trusting is we just got to try a little thing. And sometimes that little thing is maybe to have that moment where you're going to say, all right, you know, in whatever way I talk to God, I'm going to try that today. Or whatever way I think I could write something to God, I'm going to try that. Or I'm going to open up this Bible. I've heard a lot about it. But I'm going to open it up and I'm going to try just reading a little bit for myself. I think that's a great place to start. Just try ask God to show you who he is. All right, just try. <laughs> I don't know what the, I I don't know. I, I, I <laughs> For some reason I'm hesitant to be hypercritical of these folks. Do you do you know why? I I, I don't know. It's, it's not normal. It's not a normal sentiment of mine. Uh no I don't know why, um I don't know why either. But do you know what this I reminds mean, me of? Is the, the Mormon missionaries? Yeah, that tell you to read the Book of Mormon. <laughs> just give it a shot. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> you know you're you're just begging the Mormon missionaries at your door to look at objective fact. You know, like uh, where are these golden plates? Uh, what about uh you know what about Jesus who said that he uh is the Son of God? Um, that he's one with God. You know, what about these things? And then they say, well, just read this and see if you get the burning in your bosom. You're like, ah, <laughs> I want I objectives. I want realities. I want truths that are outside of I me. I know. And we don't, if, we don't have, if we don't have promises, we don't have prayer. I mean, prayer is built on the promises of God. Mm-hmm. And on the name of God, too. I'm, I'm suspicious that this, these videos aren't speaking of God um, in Christ, but simply in the, in some sort of abstract. So th- this could have been this video, I think. Uh, I mean, could have gone to the praise song country. No mention of Jesus, no mention of sin, no mention of of uh, of grace. 
it's um it's simply there's a divine being who's really close by closer to you than you are to your friends and you can talk to him or you can talk to it i, I would probably be more accurate in this sense and we got to probably, dear friends, when we talk about theology, we ought to mention Jesus every now and again. That's just going to be helpful. Right. Well, I mean, I think, extrapolate on the point that you're making, is that it's in Christ that we have the forgiveness of sins and what draws Christianity apart from every other religion. So that we could summarize, and it's been said many times before, that there are two religions in the world. There's the religion of grace and religion of law. And Christianity is the only religion in which um, we have heaven and eternal life by his grace, and not by your doing, but by his grace. And so I've heard a pastor say before, and I like this, that you know, so the, you know, whoever comes to the door, maybe Jehovah's Witness at this time, and the pastor say, okay, if you can convince me that your religion is better than mine, then I'll convert. <laughs> and then they'll, go, they'll do their little sales pitch, a little spiel. And then you can say, but I'm guaranteed eternal life, the eternal bliss in heaven by God's grace. It's given to me. It's promised to me by nothing that I do. So how is that better than what I have already? Right. That's right. That's right. Now, I, I think that to, to identify the latter here um, is a little bit tricky. So we have the three ladders, moralism. That's the ladder of our will. Uh, uh, what's the other one? Not mysticism. I'm skipping. Rationalism. Rationalism. The ladder of the mind. Mm-hmm. This is probably going to be a form of subtle mysticism, that is, the latter of the emotions, but it's because it puts, and again, it's putting everything in this category of relationship, of of closeness. What was the name of this video? Explore God. So how we we can know God. How we can know God. And and, and do you see the the answer? How do you know God? The answer, instead of saying, well, um, you know, open up your Bible and listen to what he says about himself, it's rather... To pray, pray. Mm-hmm. and to let him reveal, or let God reveal itself to you individually, personally, internally, see? Mm. And that is certainly a mark of our, our friends, the mystics. Ah, oh, good. So I was looking at the moralist side of this, where he, where she was turning us to do something, namely prayer. And if you pray, if you just give it a try, then you'll you'll realize that this is really great or something. But you have gone a step beyond to say, look, what the point of the praying is that uh, in doing so, you'll receive an internal revelation or internal experience with God by which I know that God is real or whatever. Indeed. Fascinating. Okay. Um, we have about 30 seconds, not oh. time for another video, um, but how would you tie the, put a big bow on all this, Pastor? Well, I think, you know... Uh well, I, I would commend this team here for their efforts of uh, trying to bring these questions and some biblical answers to the world. Uh, that's good. But, um, I mean, really, we don't want to outsmart ourselves. The answer is always going to be Jesus. And we, you know, we, we should probably listen to Paul, who says, I came preaching nothing but Christ and him crucified, because it's only in the crucifixion that we have salvation. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like all the gospel you'll get from listening to a ghost. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. 
Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org. 